Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break. This is our first show during the 2022 Saratoga Meet, which has got off to a pretty good start. A pretty, pretty, pretty good start. Uh, the weather's been good. The racing's been pretty good. Uh, the wagering's up. Attendance is up. There has been no major issues. No controversies. Uh, they still can't time races, right? But, hey, we're used to that. So we'll give a little... Uh, you know, little attention to that. We'll talk about what's coming up next week. We're getting a heat wave in in Saratoga this coming week, so uh have to deal with that. We have jumpers on Wednesday. The AP Smithwick is run as the first, kind of a interesting race. If you're a jumper hater, well, keep it to yourself. We like the jumpers. Uh, a couple fields, uh, short field stakes looking like they're looming this coming weekend, but uh, we'll get into that later in the show. Uh, but appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. Barry will be with us in about a minute and 28 seconds. See you then. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. A Saratoga racing block to going in circles daily Saratoga racing block patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ who when he worked for the racing form did a Saratoga daily block uh, Steve retired several years ago and we figured what the hell let's let's try to put our own together and so far it's gone seemingly well if you haven't seen it check it out at going in circles digest dot substack dot com or we put the link up every day on Twitter on Facebook on uh, all sorts of social media uh, check it out good to good to speak with you Saratoga sniper <laughs> I don't know where the other one went. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's busy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Doing what? I have no idea. But here I am. Doing what he does. <laughs> we do what we do. Sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. I could definitely tell you that I don't ninety often. Anyways, how's uh, how's things in the, the sniper land? It's uh, it's hot. Uh, golden hour here was spectacular today for some reason, and I can't wait to get up to Saratoga. Oh, the spa, <laughs> the spa. Uh, yeah. Well, today wasn't so nice. But, uh, rain, right? A little rain. A little rain. Still, still Good. Rain, rain on Monday. Don't rain on Sunday. Yeah. Don't rain on Saturday. Rain on Monday. A little drizzle. But uh, tomorrow it's uh, supposed to be supposed to be fine. A uh, little, little warm, but 
the week is looking like it's going to be okay, but Thursday's a little dicey. Thursday's about a 60% chance. Uh, It's supposed to be hot on Wednesday. Opening of the steeplechase season with the uh, AP Smithwick. Grade one will be uh, conducted on on, uh, Wednesday, and and it appears like it's going to be conducted in some heat. Well, it's race one, right? Yeah, race one. Little little heat wave. That helps, right? Or is that? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure uh, if it matters. I mean, it's going to be hot or hotter, so that's just the way it goes. Also, aren't we in a little little uh, Donny Brook this weekend? Fisticuffs, even. We have fisticuffs. Yeah, with the uh, the contin- oh, that's of- right. We've 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 uh, well, you kind of issued the challenge, sort of, sort of. The horse racing nation duo, Sarah and Ed. They uh, they tuned up last week on on uh, on, on smoke and mare. But, uh, <laughs> Rennie didn't bring the smoke. Apparently, Rennie, Rennie did not bring the smoke. Or maybe Rennie had too much. Smoke. Had too much. Yes. <laughs> he smoked himself out. <laughs> Literally, something. Hey, that's something that happens in Saratoga. <laughs> you, know, you, you go overboard. Yeah, we got a little handicapping contest coming up this weekend. What's it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He did, he wasn't real specific on the days. I'm guessing Saturday and Sunday, but I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Three races. But you're the you're the race chooser. I'll choose the races. And you you handicap them. Okay. That's how that goes. Set them up. Knock them down. That's right. Like like bowling pins. Blog was a success. I like it. The blog has been a huge success. I, someone just thirty seconds ago signed up. It's been a massive success. It was a great idea. You came up with last week. So we're doing this. If if you hadn't heard, we're doing this um, daily Saratoga blog. Kind of uh, Stephen Chris retired, so we had to pick it up. Anyways, it's uh, it's going really well and. Um, people are interested. It's been a huge, huge hit, and um, I'm happy. I mean, that it worked out. I, I didn't know. Sometimes when I write these things, I'm not sure if anyone's going to read them, or I'm not really not really weird about pissing people off. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> like I'm not writing anything untrue. If I wrote something untrue, then you know I could understand. But if it's true, well, you know, too bad. That's that's the way life is. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jamie Spencer probably shouldn't read the blog. No, no. He Even read, though he really didn't do anything He wrong. shouldn't read Twitter. Day. I mean, someone said, well, what did he do wrong? I said, he just, he he just didn't do it. Achievement. It's a lifetime uh, unachievement award. He just didn't do anything. He just sat there. Yeah, twice. He went right to the back, and then he went wide, and he got in a little trouble. And it's like that's a typical Jamie Spencer. You get you get lost in uh, on the backside, and then get in trouble on the turn. <clears throat> yeah, somebody, somebody still, somebody knows still 
doesn't forgive him for that race on Antonius Pius. <laughs> no. You know, what's so funny is, I mean, <laughs> Jamie Spencer doesn't ride very much in the United States. I mean, he, what's he have like 78 starts in the last, last five years, something like that. Except every time you mention his name, you have so many people roll their eyes <laughs> or start saying, oh, this guy cost me like, you know, man, <laughs> he hardly rides here. You know, but everybody's got a, a Jamie Spencer screwed me story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he he's he's built his resume on that. Look at look at what he did this this winter. On uh, what was that horse Space Traveler? Mm-hmm. At Gulfstream, yeah. just he, he should have won. <laughs> what, is, what did what did Brendan Walsh said? God, he, he had a good quote. He was a perfect way of putting it. Now, of course, now I can't remember what he said, but. Uh, something like, uh, you know, <laughs> he has his moments. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he does. But um, <laughs> not over here. It, it didn't really matter. I mean, it, 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 I, I don't think it mattered. I should say. I mean, it certainly doesn't look like he was going to win. That big invasion is a uh, is a really good turf sprinter. <clears throat> I mean, a really good turf sprinter. So he runs fast numbers. And he, and he wins by daylight. It's five stakes or five races in a row, four stakes in a row. Is it four stakes now? Um, four. That was his first graded stakes. There's just not a lot of graded turf sprints for for uh, three-year-olds. But, um, I mean, when you win turf sprints by open lengths, that, that's not an easy thing to do. No. And he is winning. I think he will. The margin was uh, like what was it, two and three quarters, or three and a quarter, or something like that. Uh, he he really. There's no one else in the picture with him. That's it's five in a row. That's 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 pretty impressive. I mean, honestly, I, I remember his race at Belmont, the last race at Belmont, and I actually remember when he broke his maiden at Goldstream back in the winter time. Oh, but yeah. I hadn't really paid that much attention to him because a turf sprints are like. <laughs> I'm allergic You're to kryptonite. Yes, but um, B, you know those aren't those aren't the races that that, that uh, he doesn't run in the races that really attract a lot of attention. And he kind of slipped by me, and I was like, man, I was looking at his, his thoroughbreds, and this horse runs fast every time. Every time, just so and and you watch him impress. He's impressive visually. Like he just like moves into position like so easily. And then he just, you know, Rosario says go, and he, he just, you know, it's like he's he's on a, a different plane than the other ones. I imagine that, like, like if you're a trainer, seeing your horse do that has to be really, really, really satisfying. Like, man, <laughs> you know, something that the horse does that you didn't teach it to do, and yeah. it just. You know, he's just natural. Uh, he's he's really good. He's really good, and seems like he's getting better. So, so I guess he's going to be um, a factor in, in the, the Breeders' Cup turf if he continues to improve and um, you know, gets. Uh, we're not we're not really that far. So, no, I was bold, bold at the day. We're more than golden through the year. <laughs> golden pal, like golden attraction. Golden attraction was the old Wayne Lucas Philly. 
Golden Golden Pal would would be the, you know, even though he he kind of bombed in England. Again, you know, when I read, almost fell off the the horse. Again, um, the second time. But um, yeah, he would be you know considered. I guess the he just breaks so fast, and for the American turf sprints, that's such a huge factor. So, so we'll see what happens. We had, uh, um, the Diana was an upset. Yeah, that was kind of a bizarre thing that happened. That, that race was weird. You know, it was so funny because kind of, went into that race thinking that I liked an Italian. And then I said to myself, I couldn't figure out the pace scenario, right? <laughs> right. I, that's, figured, that's I, I figured an Italian would go to the lead. <clears throat> but then I was like, how much pressure does the one horse put on him? And it makes it a difficult thing to try to figure out in some ways because the same trainer trains right. those two and the two that would benefit from a fast pace. So it's it's not like the last race in the Just the Game where she chased that uh, the Phil D'Amato sprinter that, that, that was stretching out in the Just the Game. I mean, in Italian, just chase, chase, chase. And the time before that, in Churchill, um, she was kind of in the race. And I mean, I'm no one will admit it probably, but you know, she looked like she was in the race to set it up for um, the devil horse. Um, that was first time in this country. So she outran uh, the the Roger Atfield filly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was used as a rabbit, more or less, her last two races, or, uh, you know, a pace setter. So then I said to myself, well, I mean, the power is, of course, you have an undefeated horse. He's seven for seven. And the other horse, Ruffier, who, who Peter Brandt paid a lot of money for. And you know, I, I just was, I couldn't figure out how it was going to play out. And then I kind of talked myself off the horse and, you know, I didn't make very much. I mean, I didn't bet very much anyways, but it, it was just, uh, it was just a straight, it was actually more of a race. You see at Belmont, you, you see that race in the summertime at Belmont, used, used to at least when Belmont was a little bit longer meet and it went longer into July where it would get real, real hard just go to the lead and it didn't matter how fast they went that you just couldn't catch them yeah it, it kind of surprised me uh you know not that i you know obviously all all four of those horses um from that barn are, are talented um but it definitely you know gives you a pause for you know, trying to, to figure out what that train is going to do with all his horses <laughs> or what the plan is or could be. Very tough read. Uh, the only thing I did know that I wasn't going to be on Bleecker Street. I did not like that horse. No, I was with you. I mean, she has a that- style that's difficult to, to be undefeated with. <laughs> Because she needs help in her races. She needs some pace and she needs 
to get the trip of some sort, right? You can't just get knocked seven wide or get squeezed in between horses. And her numbers basically were the same as pretty much everyone else in the race. Right. You know, like I, said, I, I, I did um, in the, the preview, the stakes preview, I basically said, listen, if she wins um, and goes eight for eight, I'll tip whatever cap I got on and, and you know, <laughs> I'll take the beating. But I can't play her at, I thought she was going to be seven to five, not four to five. So, um, and I, I don't think rough here. Joe Santos said this to me. He said, you know, I don't think that Philly likes the hard turf. And he, he was, he was right on because he watched her action and she just didn't like seem to like it at all. And that's the Which, problem buying horses out of France. Rough year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could tell in at, at Belmont when she got beat. Um, <clears throat> same kind of thing, you know. Just didn't didn't look the same. <laughs> no, but in, in early in in the year, it, the turf at Belmont had gotten a lot of rain and was probably a little bit on the softer side, even if it was listed as firm. And the French usually keep the courses a little bit softer than even the the English do and the Irish. So. That was always when I worked for Tommy Skiffington. I remember him, him always saying that you got to be careful about buying French fillies because a lot of them just love soft turf and they come over here and it's hard to keep them sound trained and they don't like it. So I'm sure it's not that much different now. But um, that was, you know, course record. Um, <laughs> we had some we had some timing issues. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Had some timing issues, which is it's 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 like beyond frustrating. Now now it's to the point of um you just want to like I, I don't even know I, I don't I, I don't even know I don't even know where to go because how many times can it be pointed out and and I'll be honest I think you go up in executive offices and you go up in the box seats and I don't think those people really care that much about it. I mean, they should. It, it it should matter, especially for people that own horses because it affects their value. Everybody wants to look at speed figures. That's how horses are bought nowadays. Once they race, speed figures. Those are that's a huge, huge part of the sale of a horse or the value of a horse. You see it in stallion ads. Um, you know, you see uh, speed figures and cheat numbers and, and having unaccurate times affects that so you know it's a data-driven business here's a question here's a question why don't they understand that i mean it seems like everybody does except for those select few i don't know i i don't i don't know i mean literally like you know from betters to, you know, pretty much everybody except for that faction of of people. It's weird to me because I guess me growing up watching races and understanding and, and trying to figure out this game, the one thing I usually, you know, and, and I'm talking like late 90s, early 2000s that you know the time was like the most consistent and reliable thing that you could count on in this in this game and now it's just a complete question mark every single race 
Yeah. I I know that's I was thinking this the other day. It, it puts a lot of pressure on the announcers. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I they mean, can't be rattling off times that are just no. wild. Now, and now they're they starting make, to say it. They're starting right, to, they have to make a, oh. they have to make a split second decision whether the time is proper, the time is improper, the time is too wildly fast or slow. And um, I mean, Pete Ayala, <laughs> I mean, this winter there's all kinds of trouble with Goldstream time races. <laughs> he would give the, uh, what, what do you call it, the posted time. Half mile is posted in 48 and 3. You know? <laughs> Not the half mile is 48 and 3, but that's what it says on the board. Uh, I mean, listen, no greater um, example of this exists than last year's Breeders' Cup Classic. Oh, man. Where Larry Comus is reading off the fractions that um, on the board, the tote board, the official track fractions, NBC is giving different fractions on the screen. And then it turns out that both were wrong. <laughs> Neither <laughs> of those times were given. The track's time was wrong and NBC's time was wrong. I mean, that's like, that's the perfect example of of how this is just, you know, screwed up and well, whatever. Just there's things that happen in, in horse racing that that defy logic, and sometimes I can say, you know, part of the problem is that a lot of us really love the game and love racing more than the people that are in charge and understanding that when you're doing a job you have to approach it differently than if you're just sitting on the sidelines and, and picking at them which I try not to do um, you know, uh, we'll criticize people the stewards especially, they get criticized because they deserve it, but <laughs> You know, for some of the other people, especially the ones that that are, how do I say, it? their their boss might not be as enlightened as as the the person there. But again, you can't just defy your boss all the time either. Uh, but there's just so much that the like the timing stuff. You just can't get away from that. That's got to be fixed. That's got to be fixed. We can't. It's unacceptable if we cannot time races. Unacceptable. Just unacceptable. I mean, I, they had the track and field on the other day, and nobody was saying, geez, I wonder if the time was right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even question. No, they hit the wire, and, 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 and like races, uh, the, the 100 meter, you'll have fractions of a, of, a, of a hundredth of a second like telling the difference between who qualifies who doesn't qualify and it's just this hugely important thing and you know I, I would gather there's not a whole lot of money wagered on those races <laughs> but that's their sport you know that's what it's based on ours is too it's like the I mean just simple aspect of, of having a camera on the finish line to tell you, you know, kind of who won. Well, I like how they do it. 
in Australia where they just show that replay one time and then it's they throw those numbers up quick. There should be a camera on the wire. Yeah. Period. There's no excuse. It's not for that, that expensive. The technology yeah. now is not that expensive. Exactly. We're not talking about um, you know, <clears throat> building the Hubble telescope. We're talking about a camera. A high speed camera on the on the on the wire. I mean, there's just no excuse for it. Sure, they're not going to have it at Wyoming Downs. But the big tracks, come on, man. Come on. A record handle, right? <laughs> yeah, record handle, you can afford a camera. You know, the odd thing is that the more the, the higher the handle is and the more it goes up, the less likely we are to get anything done. Right, because they think it's not broken. Exactly. And I don't care. I'll say this to anybody in racing. Anybody. not There's not a single person I won't say this to. Racing wildly underachieves. Handle and race, horse racing in North America should be 25 billion a year. And when they get all giddy about, you know, uh, if sports betting hasn't shown that there was a massive amount of money out there and racing wasn't getting any of it. And that's the thing. Is I'm not saying that racing should have gotten 10% of that money. But we could have got 2% or 3% or 4%. And it's been out there. What do you think? People just started wanting to bet on sports? Like that's a new thing? It's always been a thing. <laughs> illegal or legal the statute of limitations is over now well, me and Bobby Newman the track announcer at Prairie Meadows we were booking bets and, and, and selling bookie sheets when we were in 1988 in college Running, we ran a future book for the derby remember we had a lot of exposure one year and a couple of horses and he's like what are we going to do if I hit it don't matter we <laughs> my, 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 my plane leaves uh, Sunday. We'll just pay, we'll pay him in the fall. <laughs> but uh, no, and we did not. We did not get hit. But uh, I mean, it's not like sports is like this new thing. Oh, sports betting is new. It's not new. It's not new at all. And yes, yeah, some of the money has come from illegal sources back to legal sources, but not as much as people think. Because guess what? The bookmakers. The illegal bookmakers are still in operation because they offer credit and they don't shut you off. They're smart enough to know that they're not going to lose to most of those guys. Not in the long run. No. No, they're not going to lose to them. The corporate books never want to lose. But I don't want to even talk about that. But the fact of the matter is that there was a lot of money out there. Disposable income and racing just didn't, didn't get it. And um, we just, I mean, even now, I mean, we, today, I, I said, you know, reporting about the gains at, at Saratoga, which are nice. I said, it's nice to report good news. It's nice not to have to talk about stuff that's not good, that, that's not bad. I mean, the fact is that 
the handle was up because number one, the cards were good. They were yeah. good cards. They had there was no well, I shouldn't say no, but there was very few short fields. They were relatively competitive. There weren't a lot of uh, odds on horses. Uh, uh, quite a few of the odds on horses got beat. Chad Brown's already got two odds on horses beaten and and, and dirt allowance races. Uh, Pletcher had a horse yesterday in the first race. Two year old, four to five, got beat. Finished off the board. But um, the weather's been very good. There's been no races taken off the turf, which is a factor, which means field size is higher. Um, you know, Delmar's not running. I don't know if Delmar ran against them last year in opening week or not. I don't recall. But there's not much competition right now. I mean, if you think about the major tracks in Kentucky, you know, they're at Ellis. Ellis is not Churchill. Ellis is not Keeneland. Ellis is not Kentucky Downs. Um. You know, Mammoth is is running on weekends, but uh, you know, Mammoth is a, a B level track for the most part. And I mean, California has had nothing running, so they have had uh, you know, very very little competition. So next week, of course, there's going to be more once Delmar kicks in. Um, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday cards, especially. <clears throat> well, do you think that? The, the powers that be would look at this weekend and be like, how can we keep this momentum going? I, I don't know. I, you know I, like the things that you just highlighted, like field size and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, I would think, I mean, this is just me. If I was running a business, I would have someone, if not myself, analyzing these things. So I could report back and say, hey, this is what worked. We got to we got to keep doing this. And if these are the elements that put that in place. Let's go after that. Yeah, but you know what, Barry, this isn't like new information. No, that's what I mean. I mean this, that's why this is stuff that why... we should be doing all the time. I mean, it's not like this is, oh, man, look what happened. We, we had good field size and great weather and, uh, you know. It worked well, yeah, but they're not, and and this is a, a, a not just a Naira thing or not just a Churchill thing. It's an everybody thing, right? Part of the problem is that racing doesn't do a good job of of having this. And uh, I was talking about it with Steve Bick the other day. So some of the things you know I, I said fifteen years ago came true. And Steve was like, yeah, I remember. I said, yeah, because it, it's just, it's like one plus two is always going to be three. <laughs> you know, when, when you, you, you cater to one um, type of outfit, they're going to thrive, but their thriving is generally going to be at the direct uh, expense of somebody else. And that's what happened. The middle class guys are, are, are few and far between and the middle class guys are the guys that ran they didn't have the horses that you could just run four or five times a year they couldn't afford it the owner, their owners couldn't afford it but now you've got purses at such a high level i mean the truth of the matter is it's a great time to own horses field size is, is not up um purses are sky high the hardest thing is is 
the, the supply is less than the demand. Look at the, um, I did a podcast today with, with my friend Troy, <clears throat> um, talking about, you know, the economics of the business. And generally, as the stock market went, the, the auctions went, the horse sales went. And the stock market was up, the horse sales would be up. When the stock market was down, the horse sales would be down. Um, this year, it's a different situation because, well, number one, there's uh, huge inflation that, that hasn't, we haven't had this kind of inflation ever. Right. Mid-70s. Um, so you have that situation where maybe uh, a lot of other investments, uh, stock market especially has, has been in a, in a slump for a couple months now. Well, when you look at investing in a horse, um, your chances of winning are greater because there's fewer horses. It's a smaller, the fields are smaller, and purses have skyrocketed. I remember 10, 15 years ago, there was very few places you could win a race that paid for your entire year's training outside of a stake race. It was very, very few. <laughs> yeah. $100,000 maiden. Race. Right. And, and look at some of the, the races at Saratoga. Some of the smallest fields were races that used to be their biggest fields, like maidens, two-year-old maidens, six-horse fields. You only got to, you only got to be, you know, five others. It's um, it's a factor, and, and it's it's if you own horses, it's great. But you know, well, well, to go back to the sale, one of the reasons the sale is up is because the um, the the supply is 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 down, and and the demand is up, and there are people hungry for those type of horses. So. It's a, it's an interesting conundrum, I guess. You know, in a, in a lot of ways, the at the top, the the people at the top of the the food chain and and racing and many other industries, those are people that are sort of recession proof. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Another question for you. Any 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 feedback on the the Wilson shoot? You know, it's so funny that there was more talk about the Wilson shoot like nine months ago when it was announced <laughs> than there is now. I mean the races so far have kind of gone out gone off without a without a a, a hitch, you know. Uh the timing seems a little the, the races seem a little slow, but just they didn't time it right. <laughs> but I, I don't know that it's. I, I don't know if it's exact. I don't. I don't know where they're starting the timing from. I, I'm not really sure. It's not easy to get a handle on it because it's at a different angle. But um, I mean, no one's really saying much of anything about it. <laughs> uh, and I think the um the bar. Yeah, got more action. Got, got a lot more, you know, 
I'll talk about it, but that didn't really seem to be much of an issue either. So, so I, I really think that both of those things, which were semi-controversial a week ago, I don't think they're controversial at all. Even though the upstairs on the on the in the bar doesn't have a bathroom, the second floor. Well, that's a fail. Yeah, so you gotta spend all that money to go up, and then you gotta. You gotta come pee with the commoners. I don't like that. Don't do that. <laughs> but um, it was. It's, I went over there. It was nice. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, looks nice. The TVs kept going off. What do you mean, like off? Like yeah, like all of them. But I think uh, I think like I'm, I'm an electrician. But uh, there must have been some sort of. of issue that affected all of them a power surge or power strip board or something because they all would go out the ones behind the bar would go off and then they come back on and they go off and they come back on and they go off like while the race was running uh well yeah sometimes before the race sometimes oh man so that's no good yeah you know, it's a new building i'm sure they just got to get the kinks out but um but you know generally it's been a, a pretty decent meet. I mean, nothing, nothing strange has really happened. It's been, you know, relatively formful. There's been a couple mystery horses, but um, no, you know, the super trainers didn't win a single race the first two days, and then they went on, <laughs> and they got on a roll, started winning, but. Uh, But it's been, I don't know, nice. For yeah, a you know, word. like a refreshing that there was nothing, nothing to to harp on. I mean, not that we look for things like that, but no, no, they usually they play. bring themselves out. Exactly. <laughs> no, the the controversies have been have been a few and far between so far, which which is. I mean, you know, something's going to happen. <laughs> right. You just got to keep the drama to Twitter and not at the track. It's, you know, the track stuff, we could keep copacetic. Right. I mean, we had some timing issues, but, like, we're so used to that that it's not even a big deal. So, I mean, it's a big deal, but it's like you're just a little bit numb to that. But, um, no, nah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been fine. It's good. I'm sure there'll be a lot of hand wringing coming up this weekend because it looks like both of this Philly stake are going to be short. Um, the coaching club is Saturday, and it appears like they're only going to get four. Uh, of course, the two big ones are, are Nest and uh, Secret Oath. And the Chuvi is suddenly looking like it might be a four bagger. Oh man, that search party is not running here. She's going to Monmouth, of course. You know Saratoga and Monmouth running a graded stakes for the same division on the same day. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but uh, but they're doing it. So, so search party is not running here, at least as according to the report as of today. And we're going to get 
Malice at Clarier uh, rematch. And uh, maybe Bonnie South. Um, Maracuja? No, Maracuja's, I think, broke down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I haven't heard a word about her. I I don't know... um, I don't know what ha- what happened, but she did not pull up well in a race at uh, Thistledowns, on Ohio that, Derby. That's right, <clears throat> Ohio Derby Day. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's four horses. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we might get two four horses. So. That's. That's not great, no. But until, like, it goes back to what we were saying before, we can just keep ignoring it. But, and this isn't just on the tracks. This is the greatest stakes committee, and TOBA should get involved and and should say that we're gonna we're gonna drop your grades unless you guys spread the races out. And the fact of the matter is really the only organization that, that could really fix this problem um, is the Breeders' Cup because they have the, the uh, not the authority, but they've got the, 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 the strength um, to be able to work with the TOBA and come up with a, um, a schedule that, that works. And it's not going to work for every single race and every single division. There's still going to be overlaps. That's understandable. But it, the problem is when the overlap is in the races that traditionally don't fill very well, like Phillies and mares going long in the dirt. Turf races, I mean, the New York problem is one guy has all the horses. And that's not something that any of those groups could do anything about. But for the most part, turf races aren't aren't the issue. It's it's the dirt races. Uh, the Vanderbilt's going to be a very very short field, and I'm sure everyone's going to point out that Jackie's Warriors racing in there, as though he was the only great sprinter that's ever run. <laughs> <laughs> he lost. Would I want, you know what I want to run against him? Probably not. No, but. Someone's going to run against them. Someone's going to run second. Someone's going to run third. And you know, hopefully someone runs fourth. <laughs> but that's part of the problem. The part of the problem is there's just too many options. And a lot of times it's too many options in the same time frame. And it's just one of those things that uh, it's it's just so obvious. Sometimes I'm I'm like stunned that people don't see it. <laughs> you know, I, I just sometimes that's, um, you know, uh, we talked about it so many times now. It's it's not even like it's not even worth delving into. But um, but with the Haskell is is this week, this weekend Saturday. So it looks like they're gonna have a um. A pretty good card there. Search results might actually screw the race up because she's probably going to be a prohibitive favorite. <laughs> so, 
Uh, early voting is not going. Early voting is going to the Jim Dandy. Dandy, um, yeah. Zandon, uh, Jack Christopher will be in the uh, the Haskell. I think uh, Cyber Cyberknife is going to be in there. Um, I used to. I think I used to train a horse named Cyberjet. I think he stunk. <laughs> um. I always I because I always call it Cyberjet. Uh Cyberknife, um Howling the Howling Dale Romans horse. Dale Romans, who's now skinny. Well sorta. Yeah, I saw him in uh Stabile. Yeah, had a little work done. <laughs> See, easier than dieting. Um uh, the horse, the world, what's the horse name? The We Are the World horse. Just so the horse who was the favorite in the Belmont. Oh. He is, he is listed as possible. We the people. We the people. Yeah, we are the world. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I knew there's we in there. Um, now, Tabia was supposed to come too. Uh, Mr. Baffert's supposed to make his return. But that's um, that's about it. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot uh, of other horses that were. Um, I mean, there might be a couple, you know, locals. Uh, a white Abario. Oh yes, Rennie Times horse. He's going to lose all the money on that horse again. <laughs> so uh, those are the ones. I mean, if Jack Christopher gets to the lead, which he may, uh, even though does have speed, we the people does have speed, but somehow <laughs> Christopher is probably going to be loose on the lead. Um, and he'll be tough if he's on the lead and no one presses him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. My first thing is he's a bet against. Especially at a low price, doing something you're really not sure he really wants to do. No, I, I have my doubts about that horse. I mean, I hope he went to the Haskell by five because I think the play against is in the Travers. Uh, I'm not really sure how they're going to approach that with early voting and Zandon. If those two ran well in the Jam Dandy, if all three of those horses are going to wind up in that race. Um, especially considering early voting potentially could be a problem for, for style-wise with, with Jack Christopher. Um, I think the, the the forgotten horse that, that has been training well up here is, is uh, Epicenter. I think people have kind of forgotten that he's pretty good. So... But I think he's going to run into Jim Dandy as well. So the Jim Dandy's looking like a loaded. Yeah. The Jim Dandy's looking like a better race than the Haskell, at, at least at this point. I mean, to me, Cyber Knife is just okay. Um, White Abario to me is just okay. We the People is it's just, he's okay. You know, he, he won on a loose lead. White Abario is a Goldstream horse. Cyber Knife is. I mean, he's never really 
the only races he's run really well are the races that set up perfectly for him. So, you know, so we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to uh, to see if uh, uh, Tebe, Ty- how do you say that horse? Tyba. Tyba. See what happens with that horse. I mean, you got to remember, this is a, a horse that <laughs> had broke his maiden sprinting. <laughs> we know how we feel about it. And, and then, you know, got lost in the, 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 the derby and then hasn't been seen since. So, I mean, what do we really know about him? Not much. I mean, other than he doesn't, we know about lead. charge it. We we do we do know that that Taba does not have to be on the lead. So yeah, charge it another. I guess he's going to train directly to the Travers for good, for better, or for worse. That's that's the plan. And that's something that wouldn't have happened before the before Sheiks. That wouldn't have happened. He would have definitely raised in one of these other races. But now everybody's looking at the big bounce, and and uh, I, I know I, I understand why trainers do it because they'll get criticized if they if they don't. I mean, if you come back and they say, "Oh, that horse is going to bounce; he's more time," blah blah blah, and the horse doesn't run any good, and it's your fault. Even if it's not your fault, even if the horse bolted ten and then stepped on a rock in the post, you know, there's a million reasons the horse can get beat. But it's going to be you lost because of that number. So that's what happens. And e- even the big trainers, even the top guys, they get they get they get pushed into those kind of things. So just the way the game is. So Dave Donk won a couple on uh, yesterday. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it made my dad happy. He had, he had to like pick three a couple times. Nice. I saw Dave the other day. He had a Jets hat on. Do you always have a Jets hat on? I did mention that, uh, you know, in uh, today's blog that Dave was sporting a Jets hat in the winner's circle yesterday, which is probably the only time you're going to see the words Jets and winners in the same sentence till you know, maybe November. Ouch. That's the way we roll here. <laughs> Unless you're Joe Klecko. Bavaro, we are talking Bavaro. We ain't afraid of Bavaro. We're afraid of Klecko, but the rest of them people. Not my fault. Your horse, your team stinks. Uh, we had a, a Finger Lakes. Johnny Velasquez at the Finger Lakes today. Was the last Yes, uh, the New York Derby, which wound up being a four horse race. Chad Brown, Todd Fletcher, Mike Maker, and some guy named with the last name Brown who's not related to Chad or uh, Jim or Dean <laughs> or Bobby. <laughs> well, that was that's pretty impressive off the top of your head like that. <laughs> Barisi, um, <laughs> Barisi uh, got the job done. I didn't particularly like him but but i didn't also know that this little factor that that uh, mike maker was at the finger lakes today well, that should have been the tip off yes yes the, the well, fact that he, uh, he wound up out at the, the lakes would have might have changed my impression of that horse what's that trip anyway how long uh, is that too far like three hours two and a half hours yeah, probably closer to three hours. 
tell by it's in it's in cop heaven. New York State troopers. They build new barracks every year on the speeding tickets they give out in that part of the throughway because it's boring and there's nothing out there and you just get like lulled to sleep and next thing you know, <laughs> yep, they got you. The Finger Lakes. One time. The funny thing was one lifetime at the Finger Lakes, I ran in the stake there. Um, the Genesee Valley. Yeah, but I didn't go. The CD <laughs> I, prep. I didn't go. I didn't go for that one. Yeah, that was the one I prepped in the grade two turf race for the $40,000 stake at the Finger Lakes on dirt. But no, Kelly Kip. I went with Kelly Kip. Today, Simon Bray almost got fired. <laughs> for a whole lot of reasons. <sighs> I'll never forget the, the night watcher for Bill Ma told me. I'm not calling Bill Mott at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> not for this. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was some trip. Track record not to be broken. Never. Of all the track records in America, that is one that I know will never be broken. Kelly Kip, one oh eight at uh, the Finger Lakes. Not happening unless they hold a breeders cup there like they did you know keenan and everything <laughs> hold the breeders cup at the, <laughs> at the finger legs <laughs> <laughs> we don't have turf so we're gonna run the turf races on the dirt <laughs> imagine going mile and a half at the finger legs it's like four laps <sighs> The jockeys couldn't get there, and they'd like John DeVilla would be riding for Aiden O'Brien. Oh man, that'd be that'd be, that'd be something. Um, so you can get Ray Lou, yeah, Ray Lou would ship in. Ray Lou might, might you know, he might actually have mounts for real. Um, so. Juan Vasquez, uh, we don't like. He's an enemy of ours. We don't uh, like him at all. As, uh, so I have one business dealing with him, and um, on brand, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on brand for what he is, yeah, was not uh, memorable. But um, um, so he is officially suspended now, and people kept asking, "Why is Naira letting him race? Why is Naira letting?" Him? It's almost like they forgot about the entire Bob Baffert incident last year, when Naira said that Bob Baffert couldn't race in Naira without having a hearing, and they went to court, and a federal judge told them, "No, Have they it? cannot do that." They cannot act as a government entity uh, on one hand, and that acts as a private organization, and it has to be one or the other. So the reason that Juan Vasquez was allowed to race was because his license was still in good standing, and it was in good standing everywhere except for the places that had already banned him, which I think is Delaware and uh, Mountaineer or somewhere else. 
so they they had to let him race there because they of course not going to be able to get a uh, a hearing together in a, a week but they also knew that today was the suspension started in Pennsylvania and he asked Juan Vasquez asked to get a stay to because he's appealing obviously and the Pennsylvania commission rejected that because part of the rule says that you have to have a, a viable chance of winning your appeal. And considering in this case, uh, we were talking about a dead horse, the odds of that horse coming back to life and testifying were uh, slim. So they denied it. So he is officially suspended as of today. And interestingly enough, <laughs> I, I don't know whether I, I should praise them for being clever or kind of bash them for being uh, I don't know what the word would be but New York puts a New York State Gaming Commission puts a, a press release out that they've banned Juan Vasquez when they did nothing of the sort they did nothing of the sort nothing all they were doing was practicing um, what every other racing state and, and legitimate jurisdiction does, reprocosity. So Vasquez is suspended as of today. He's also suspended in New Jersey, and he's suspended in Pennsylvania, and he's suspended in Maryland and Delaware and Virginia and Florida and Texas and Louisiana and Illinois and Indiana and California and every other state that races, including other countries. So no, New York, you did not ban Juan Vasquez. You did nothing of the sort. But as someone pointed out in one of the social media accounts, it's an election year in New York. Therefore, every state organization has to look like they're running at max capacity and they're just doing a wonderful job because that's probably what the governor is, is um, you know, instructing. But New York did not ban Juan Vasquez. New York did nothing. Nothing. They should get zero credit because they did nothing. This is a topic that we've covered before. Just on a, like, wouldn't that... So they said that they banned him, right? Yes. So nobody, nobody raised the red flag on the, like... People are... People... <laughs> And say, hey, we didn't actually do that. We just kind of rode the coattails of another jurisdiction. No, they they even kind of put that in the the, the press release. Kind of like you know, the headline is wrong. All it is, it should be read that New York, like every other state, is not uh, accepting any entries or key. Juan Vasquez cannot come on the grounds. Period. He's he's denied privileges of a license. His license is suspended. His privileges from holding that license are withdrawn. But my question to all these racing commissions is why are you people licensing these guys time after time after time? I know a person who is not allowed to be licensed, has been rejected in New York several times because of association with undesirables. <laughs> and 
most of the undesirables, if not all of the undesirables in question, have been dead for 30 years. That guy can't get a license. You won't license him. But the guy who has 15 um, penalties a year, you guys keep giving him a license. Why? Why is it so easy to get a license? If you have 15 speeding tickets, you wouldn't get a driver's license. No, you'd probably be in jail for a little bit. <laughs> this is this is the question, though. There, they have there's clauses in almost every racing commission's um, rule book about people who are quote unquote undesirables. How many positives? How many violations does the guy have to have before you say, you know what, we're not sure we're going to license you? Well, to me, you know, like you've been saying, it it just seems like the easiest, most logical way to handle those kind of things is to deny them a license when they go to renew. Why it doesn't happen, I don't know. Why That doesn't make any sense. It goes back to this whole farce of, oh, racing didn't police itself. Racing never had a chance to police itself. Didn't have the option. The option... Of 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 uh, withdrawing from the state regulation was not available, <clears throat> but this so, is an example of, of poor regulation, and 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 this of course is not the example of it. It's just the example of how these these organizations operate. They take credit for things that have nothing to do with them, and in well, the end, they don't really do a whole lot. Well, can they like at least the racetrack? kind of go to the state and say hey I you know if that'd be legal then that, that's and, and that's right. where we, we get into the legalities of we can't have collusion uh naira is kind of a quasi you know it's it's a different situation than most all the other ones so legally i don't know if they could or they couldn't but the regulators are the people that issue the licenses not the tracks the regulators are the state is so they are the ones that, that know all the violations of a person, all, all the violations, not just in that state, but all over the place. That's my question, is, is especially in regards to trainers. Why are these guys with these rap sheets, why are they continued to be licensed? So is it the state that hands down the penalties? Yes. Like, okay. So they know his rap sheet then? Of course. Okay, so then what? what's the problem? Why can't they just be like, nah, you can't do this anymore over here. You, you know, you can practice your trade somewhere else, but we're not going to give you a license. It, it seems very easy, especially when you have the information. They didn't have the information, and they're like, all right, well, maybe they just didn't know. Oh no, there's a there's a central data bank. Oh, so why do they rubber stamp it every time? I don't know. That's bizarre. The thing about it is that maybe there's a state that has difficulty doing that because of particular law in that state. Remember, the licensing is done on a state by state basis. Thirty eight racing states, thirty eight different rules, though most of them are probably the same. <clears throat> Um, I just I don't get it. I, it's it's been something that's bothered me 
for a long time and no one ever gives you a really good answer <laughs> but that that's a, that's a racing <laughs> that's that's a racing special <laughs> we don't really have a good answer so we're gonna say oh, i wonder yeah. if they've even given them a hard time like you know we're like hey what are these all about i don't think so yeah it doesn't seem like it i mean it's it's just as, as if on January thirty first, when your license runs out, uh, you're in good standing. Then the next day, they license you. And I, I don't think that should be like that. I don't. I just think that at some point there should be, and you know, whenever you get into the situation of of, of people like, well, you should be three strikes and you're out, or this or that, or should eight violations. Well, not every violation is the same. Certainly, there, there's violations of, of, of a much lesser degree than, 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 than others. Um, and in the, the heist of rules, of course, we're not completely sure about what the drug rules are going to be, but we're kind of, it looks like they're going to have some sort of points system. Um, but it's not just drug violence. There's other things, claiming violation, um, just just berating racing officials, uh, have, having you know altercations in the backside, failure to do business properly. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of other violations as well, and, and all of it should count in some parts. These are professional licenses, and no one has a right to that license if if they've committed a lot of violations. Maybe and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is some legal reason why, but to me, I just think it's they just don't care. It's just easier for them not to fight. It's easier for them to just pretend like it's no big deal. And when the guy gets in trouble again, they just penalize him. But Pennsylvania did do something, and and I mean, it took a, a dead horse, which is of course unfortunate, but. Uh, you know, he's gone for a long time. So, you know, unless some judge, they can find some sympathetic judge that's going to grant him an injunction. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, these are state-regulated activities. This guy with that many... I, I mean, I've heard stories about people with liquor licenses Right, <laughs> or, or where tech, like you don't want to lose it if you lose it on some sort of technical violation, like possible to get back. So, like, why is that more difficult? You no, know, there's tens of thousands, millions of dollars sometimes bet in these races. So, so, anyways, for now, Mr. Vasquez is uh, on the sidelines and. I have to say that very few tears were shed. Hmm. So, so anyways, you got any other uh, words of wisdom? Yeah. No chalk zone. It's real. Well, if we do this challenge, I mean, we certainly can't be uh, in the chalk zone. No, you can't win. No, not in a not in a not in a face off situation. 
You, you got to figure out what race is, man. Well, they got to draw them first. Mm, that's half the battle, yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, it won't be one of the four. It won't be, it won't be the, the coaching club or the uh, the shoevy. Those uh, those uh, are probably not going to be uh, be on there. So, so I mean, other than uh, the heat, we're going to have a heat wave. So. Be prepared on social media to get bombarded with pictures of the temperature and people collapsing at the races. And there's always a couple lunatics that want to, we should cancel the races. It's too hot. Aren't they, uh, Wednesday? What is it? Wednesday, I think? I saw that uh, the horseshoe is going to start early again. Well, you can't call it the horseshoe because when you're in Saratoga, the horseshoe is oh, yeah. in My... by the seven-eighths gap. That's the um, mayor's spot, man. Yes, the mayor is, is big there on Sunday mornings. Um, Sunday morning? If you, if you feel like drinking beer with exercise riders at like 1030 in the morning, that's the place to go to. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, Horseshoe Indianapolis is going to run early. On Wednesday, because of the heat, I think thirty. Yeah, yeah. Ten thirty. Yeah. So I like that actually. <laughs> Make me feel oh, like yeah. California or something. Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to say. Remember all the people who? Oh my God, Askins is going to fire Rosario. He's so mad about it. Epicenter. You know who worked uh, Epicenter this morning? <laughs> oh, Rosario. <laughs> so uh, sometimes people get a little bit too uh, too cranked up over over stuff that that happens right in the, in the immediate uh, aftermath of a race. So so there. Take that. Yeah, I don't know why they don't run at night in the horseshoe. Yeah, they got lights. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe they can't because of um, Hoosier. Ah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I used to love when they used to run harness. <laughs> Couldn't see a thing when no. they were running around, especially on the backside. You couldn't really see anything. But yeah, when, I, be, I bet uh, because Hoosier's running, that's probably why they can't run at night there. I remember Hoosier when they ran flats. Those good times. Weren't good times if you had to ship to that place and run at 11 o'clock at night and then ship back mm-hmm. to K- Kentucky and get home at 4. They weren't great times, but... I you did that? There. Yeah, yeah. I won't the Hoosier. I remember I ran a horse there, an Indiana bred maiden by point given. And she was about tall, really just needed to go long. And I mean, she wasn't very good, but um, I had sprinted her once or twice. And um, they finally got an Indiana bred maiden, like 15. I, I dropped her from maiden 30 or 
something in that area to Maiden 15. And uh, I was actually in Florida at Goldstream. I, I had a meeting down there and I went over to Goldstream to watch it on the, uh, in the Slamocast Center, my man, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. So I walk in, it's like two minutes to post and Charlie sees me. He's like, what are you doing here? I, said, I got a horse running a Hoosier. What number is that? The four. She was like nine to one. So he runs up to bet and the race goes off. And, uh, that This was before they had the odds and the running numbers. So she's sitting like fifth or sixth, turn for home, makes a big move on the outside, wins easy, draws off, wins by like five. So Charlie's all happy. <laughs> then, they, they, then they put up the prices. <laughs> she paid like 320 <laughs> oh. And I said to him, how much did you bet? I bet a thousand. Oh. Man, you can't bet a thousand to win it. They were handling like nothing. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was like one quarter of the pool. I, I, said, I said, I'll probably get the stewards call me. Yeah, your horse went from nine to one to, to, to three to five. <laughs> Flash, flash. Yeah, because this maniac bet a thousand to win on the horse. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, then they switched, and the, the Hoosier went to all Trotters, and and uh, Indiana Grand went to all uh, all Thoroughbred, which is better actually. Yeah, change the track over, and it's just shipping between two tracks that are essentially the same thing doesn't make much sense. Speaking of which, the harness track in uh, Saratoga this coming Saturday night has the the big uh, the big stake of the year. Um, it's an invitational. I think it's two hundred fifty thousand. It's got a pretty good few, a pretty good crop of horses or group of horses, but it's the best ones aren't there. No, huh. uh, no. Uh, Bulldog handovers, no bulldog handover, no um, bucket of bet. Jimmy Freight got hurt or got, um, I guess he got. Greg Reinhardt said he had got cut and got a scratch of some sort when he was shipping, so he's out. Um, a bucket bet handover can't make the turn half mile. <laughs> Ran him and he, oh my god, he bolted to like the uh, alleyway. Alleyway Hanover, he can't make the turns either. So, uh, it looks like a good field. Charlie May actually got on the AEs. He didn't even get oh, in. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you know, the usual. Speaking this, this what plan. about yeah. uh, Meadowlands' pace on Saturday? Like, that whole night was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. I think I could have broke a record. It was, it was, the, it was the funniest thing because so many people had said that you know this horse might break the world record tonight because for whatever reason heat and humidity makes harness horses go faster and the weather looked it was going to play you know for that and um there was a it was an 11 horse field so it was a trailer so there's more likely to be be action somebody getting parked and just sending because they're they have no other choice so you thought maybe the pace would be a little bit quicker to help set it up, but Bulldog Hanover moved to the lead. And I don't want to say 53 and 2 is slow, but 
Uh, I mean, he he didn't really get pressed that hard. And he just left him at the top of the stretch, ran his, his last quarter, and 25 and one. But um, yeah, that was pretty impressive. And and um, the Philly, um, the race before, she broke and set the the mare's record. Uh, the record was one forty seven and four. She won one forty seven flat. It was pretty funny because uh, my wife and daughter both watched that bulldog handover race, and I had to really put it in perspective what they saw. <laughs> right, because you know, they, you know, the announcers going bananas, and they're like, "What just happened?" I was like, "Well, you just saw the fastest harness race ever." Yeah, basically, yeah. And it took it took a a little bit for it to sink in on both of them. They were like, "Really? That's crazy." Yeah, That's the Garrity, the Garrity. It actually is a is a pretty decent race. It's just none of the top top horses are in there. Yeah, we'll work on the mystery. This is the plan. Tattoo artist Nando on Priceless Beach. Leonidas line drive handle race. Line drive handle were never that horse is. I don't know. But they have no luck with the draw. They draw outside every time. Uh, Dragon said, "Drew post eight. Charlie hmm. May got post uh, eighty number two, so he's not going to be in." But working on the mystery, this is the plan. Tattoo artist, there will be some speed not going into that first turn. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll be there. The Garrity to Saturday night, two hundred fifty grand. So, oh, so tomorrow, tomorrow, we will be releasing a top 25 things to do in the Saratoga area. Uh, Donna Brothers did one, and we're inspired by Donna's, and Donna's is fine. But I can guarantee you that there's not going to be any health food stores. There's not going to be any yoga. (laughs) Not going to be anything like that. Anything? I hope I hope the Italian restaurants are to a minimum also. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna have too many of those. Too many of those. To a minimum. Yeah, we might have one. We're certainly <laughs> not gonna it can we're not gonna suggest to anyone that they count how many times that they go to restaurants because that's just weird. But um yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a top twenty five and uh the mayor is gonna have some input in there. I was gonna say you gotta get the mayor's input. I mean he oh, yeah. runs it. Yeah. I got to get like a mayor emoji. Oh, that'd be fantastic. If he got one of those little, you know, those cartoony things like on, on, on iPhones. You can make, make a character. Yeah. I wish I knew how to do that. I don't know how to do it either. Now you're the you're you're the mem, memory, <laughs> the memory, <laughs> the meme. I can make memes all day, man. I can make meme. crying Jordans. I can, I can get video from anywhere, but I can't make a character. No, there's uh, there's I limitations tried, to it. But I felt yeah. like it didn't look like me, so I was like, nah, we're not doing that. It's it's weird how some people look exactly like them. Yes, 
my sister. Like, like frighteningly. My sister. She hers looks exactly like her. How does this happen? I'm a little upset that summer league is over. Yeah, because we're not getting we're not getting the quality basketball of any kind. No. Not any big three, right? The not, big three. Not, for, not the big three's in trouble. Yeah, big three league. But um, um, <laughs> I think the hottest thing on Twitter right now is the Andy Serling ITP fights has reignited once again. There's a lot of beef today. A lot of lot of beef. Lots of brisket on the app. Everybody is is free to <clears throat> offer whatever advice that they would like. That does not mean that people have to agree with it. Um, and usually they won't. <laughs> either no. way. Uh, also, I think that, like, I don't put tickets out ever. Because number one, why? If I put a ticket out and it wins, like, are people going to think, "Oh, this guy's really smart"? You know what? You know, you know what? This is maybe growing up on the racetrack, but I don't want people to think I got a bunch of extra money because they'll be coming to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to say, "Oh, yeah, I ain't got any." You just hit a, a pick four for thirty-three hundred dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand why people do it. I mean, I understand why some people do it because they're um, trying to get people to buy their. Why. I can understand why. I, I mean, you know, especially these kind of, you know, how horse players in general typically are kind of like loner ish type people. And the horse racing community or the horse player community is small and we can relate to one another. So seeing a ticket and somebody winning, I'm, I'm like, cool. You know, I, I, I don't really mind that. I don't do it much myself, but uh, I can understand how it's like, you know, you want to tell somebody like, oh yeah, I, I had a nice hit. That makes sense, but every day, yeah, I, I think that's more what that's, I was getting at. Like, if, if you, you, you if you put in a, a ticket and you, you know you hit a big score, and uh, that's great. I mean, like that that's part of the community. Sure, there's gonna be people hating on you, but I don't mind people when they do that. It's just the constant, like, oh. yeah, I'm sick of seeing TVGs. Uh, I'm sick of seeing people hit thirteen dollars exactos and like, oh, that's our top play. <laughs> Fucking everybody else's top play too. You know, you had nine to five over over three to one. Great, awesome. You and everybody else, pal. Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) Uh, no, it's the bombardment, and then it's kind of look at me, and I'm so smart. No, you're not. You know, it's 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 like because you know the guys who make real money. They ain't putting tickets out there. No, they don't need to. Like I said, man, everybody's free to do whatever they want, but it's like sometimes it's just like enough. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> I agree. If listen, if you're trying to sell your sheets, okay. Those people I actually 
like give a pass to because they're tr- they're trying to promote their product. I don't know what promoting you know four sixty winners does for anybody, but that's their <laughs> that's their that's their choice. That's their prerogative. But sometimes it just feels like when they get in these contests about oh I'm a better handicapper than you. <clears throat> Who cares? Number one, I, this is my goal for the year to be up more than a dollar. That's my goal. And if I don't hit a bet the entire year and I cash a $57,000 ticket on Breeders' Cup Day, you know what? I'll be happy. <laughs> I hope so. I'll be happy. <laughs> I least Mr. a little while anyway, right? Mr. Ramsey used to tell me, oh, I want to win the Kentucky Derby. These are my goals in order. I want to win the Kentucky Derby, and uh, I want to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, and I want to win the – then he got on the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> and I was like – Unless they're putting a the track in Melbourne, Florida, we ain't winning no Melbourne Cups. <laughs> that ain't not happening. We aren't winning a two mile turf races with American horses. I'm sorry, but but um, so I said to him one time, I said uh, because you always want to win twenty percent. Twenty percent was his number. Oh, we gotta win twenty percent. Gotta win twenty percent. Gotta win. 20%. Why an owner needed to win twenty percent? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But that was what he wanted to do. And I asked him one time. I said, "What if we won five percent one year?" The whole year we just won five percent. We won the Kentucky Derby yeah. and the Breeders' Cup Classic. Would that be a successful year? And he sat. He actually had to think about it. As Miss Ramsey, of course, it's a successful year. You won the Kentucky Derby and the Breeders' Cup Classic. Who cares how many races you won at Ellis Park? If if you promised me that I would get out without uh, charges being filed, if I won the Kentucky Derby and and um, the Breeders' Cup Classic, I would burn Ellis Park down. <laughs> I would ban myself for life for, from there and, and Turfway and every other track other than, the, you know, the big ones. But he had to think about it, and, and which should tell you how difficult it was to work for him. Speaking of which, RIP to Kitten's Joy. Yeah, Kitten's Joy. He was a damn good sire, man. He was a good sire. He really was. Sired my favorite horse. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was. He was a good stallion, man, for a long time. And he had a couple dirt runners. I mean, he didn't have a dirt runners, but he had a couple dirt runners, too. But, I mean, it was mostly turf. Now English Channel died, and now, now Kittens Joy died. I mean, that's those are that's rough. You know, two of the big turf stallions in in this country. Stamina influences as well. I mean, that's uh, that's something that that's probably you know people talk about the breed changing, and but that that is probably something that is true, and. There's just a, a lot less stamina influences standing at stud in this country. So, so that was too bad. Just breed the happy saver. We got all the stamina. He's owned by uh, the Wertheimer brothers. So I wonder, I wonder where he'll go to stud. I guess it depends on what he's what he wins from here on in. 
He's been racing okay, but he's he's kind of the half a step beyond below the 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 top ones. I mean, I figure he might run in the jockey club again, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Makes sense that because he can't, he, he really is a, a true mile and a quarter horse. These races that are at a mile and sixteenth and a mile and eighth are really too short. short, too short for him. Yeah, he ran in the Met Mile. That race is and good too. Yeah. He did. He raced about a quarter mile short for him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there aren't a whole lot of Steins that uh, that have stamina. So, so what are we going to do? But, um, yeah, tomorrow, the top 25 list. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, tomorrow, wanna... noonish. Okay. Noonish, maybe a little bit past noon, but depends on how much uh, how much I get done later. We we already have a list. Uh, the list is these are twenty five things that we're gonna do when I'm there, right? No, we cannot do twenty five. Why not? We cannot do twenty five in the period of time that you're here. Why not? Would not be possible. You hit them right off the plane, dog. <laughs> we we might be able to get a half a dozen. 25 is, is not. You're only here for like 70 hours. That's okay. I, I don't need to you sleep. You have to have a little bit of sleep. At some no, point. I don't need to sleep. Plus sleep with dead. Plus there's going to be about nine restaurants and food places on there. So that's okay. That's even better. That's That makes it easier. So we'll have this tomorrow. That ice cream place better be on there or we're fighting. Pirate Ship uh, 25. The ice cream place from uh, the Bic? Yes. A little out of, it's not really the Saratoga range. Oh, it's it's out it's out of... Yeah, it's, it's in Glens Falls. Uh, out of jurisdiction. Does not count. It kind of falls out of range. Plus, it's a secret. It's supposed to be a secret. Even though I think Bic put the picture of the... The, the sign. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> it was so funny. He's like, "Yeah, we there's a secret place, a secret ice cream place. We pull up, there's like everybody knows 27 people in line. I'm like, yeah, it's, apparently the secret's out. <laughs> we did go to this place, I'll talk at a town in in, uh, in Glens Falls. Pizza was very, very good. The wings were excellent. Good spot. Very good very wings. Good. That's yeah. what's up. They had they had good wings. Like some places have them chinty wings, like know? Brews Room type. No, bruise is not even the worst. You know what the worst is? Hooters. Never never had their wings. They got like the Muggsy Bogues wings. Oh, those yeah. I mean they're like smaller than small. Insult. And it's it's an insult to wings. They must have like the midget chickens. <laughs> but um yeah, place is good. But now well, we're gonna have some uh, some some traditional Saratoga spots, and we're gonna give you names of people. So when you go into place, you gotta ask for these guys or these these girls. Oh, that that works. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna Secret we're gonna pros. That's right. It's like the like the code, like the code word. So, so that's tomorrow's project. I think it's supposed to be okay. Yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be just be hot. Well, for you, it's normal. 
That's right. Good. Exactly. That was like I said the other day. I looked out. Everybody was like, oh my this, God, is, so this is beautiful. It was so hot. I, I was thinking, it feels normal. And I looked at the sign and, you know, the banks got the temperatures. And it was like 93. I was like, oh, that's why it feels normal. Right. Normal for me. And I don't have to have the hoodie on. Same thing happened when I was in Chicago. It was actually hotter in Chicago than it was here. And I was like, yeah, I brought it with me. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't need pants. Oh, that's right. Um, Beam Me Downs, Colonial, ran today. Oh, yeah. yeah. I read. I read invaded and, and won them all. <laughs> tell me, uh, I read would be riding on Monday and Johnny Velasquez and and, and uh, Franco. <laughs> so they'd be riding a Colonial and and Finger Lakes. It's old school. It is old school. But they're open tomorrow, Beamy Downs, right? They're Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they the, today's card was pretty decent. I mean, a couple stakes. And yeah. The, the quality of the fields is, is pretty good. And, um, For Dark Day Fair, it, it's it's really good, to be honest with you. And yeah, it's 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 definitely up there yeah for for monday tuesdays wednesday of course saratoga is a wednesday track <clears throat> um and what delmar opens friday friday yeah so that was your place last year you did good there last year oh man i i made a killing last year so we'll see well it's been real and uh, thank you, everyone who's signed up for the Going at Circles Digest, man. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. That was that was that was the best idea you ever had. Oh, really? I'm telling you. Other than moving since, to Florida, yeah, probably you're right. <laughs> since we've been taping the show, we've had two more. Nice. Damn, you're on fire. We're fire over there. Yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's a lot and it's good and you know you just I gotta like read for the people even that we're not gonna start if you don't giving like out picks well, that's the thing is like even if you don't like it oh, and I, my handicapping for the finger likes race today was just atrocious <laughs> that was all I was I had it wrong I, I did not have it right I had it wrong well, Tony Callow had it wrong too so me and Tony were off yeah he even I said never, I never claimed but Finger like the finger like that's where my dad operates. That's his. He's a that's his comfort. You should ask him. Guest writer. Yeah, like, yeah you, you know, I, I didn't because give know, him a nickname and be like, yeah. You those know, aren't like, finger likes horses in that race though, so he doesn't really know them as well. Did you ask him about some Chris Progno first time heard by you know, maiden fifteen? He's got that one clocked. Our buddy Larry. Is another one. He's a Finger Lakes guy. Finger Lakes guys. Mm-hmm. Long live the lakes. I remember as a kid, I was like, what the hell is Finger Lakes? Les Hewlett. And I never saw a race there until, like, probably, you know, once once kind of ADW eras kind of kicked in right. and they started showing them. I had never seen a race there. 
Like when people say there's too many tracks running, they just don't have no idea like what they're what they're really talking about. <laughs> I mean, 25 I, years ago, there was so many more tracks, dude, and they were running so many more dates. Just pull out any any like old program, simulcast program on a I Saturday, think, like a I, I phone book. Finger Lakes, I think, used to run five days a week. Yeah. So many tracks. So many tracks have gone under. Contracting the sport is not going to help because uh, you say, well, how do you know that? Well, I don't know. Look at the last 30 years we've contracted. How well has it done? How well has field done? How well has number of starts worked out? How well has that worked out? It hasn't. You cannot contract yourself to health. It's hard to get that through people's heads, but yeah. all you have to do is look at a simulcast program from like '98 on a Saturday, right? And it doesn't mean that that we we don't have to structure things a little differently, but it does mean that that you know in the end you have to increase the supply. We need more horses. We need more owners. You can't get more betters unless you put out a better product. And Saratoga, the product of Saratoga cannot survive without other tracks. How many of these horses uh, at the Saratoga meet are coming from other tracks? And like 80% of them? A lot of them. Well, if you killed off the other tracks, where are are those horses going to go? Where are they going to go? Eventually, they're not going to go anywhere because they're not going to exist. Racing, at its heart, is is a regional sport. It's a participation sport in a lot of ways, and it's better in live. It's better live than on on TV. And and the fact of the matter is, I probably am a far better player when I'm not at the track. Oh yeah, I can definitely co-sign that. Yes. That doesn't mean that, you know, the track's not new to us. No, no. We don't, no. we don't have to, we don't have to be captured. We're, we were in. Captured. <laughs> you got us. <laughs> you got us like 40 years ago. So <laughs> we've been held hostage. The statute of limitations ran out on our kidnapping. But you got to get people to the track. You're never going to expand this sport, and if you're not if you're not growing, you're shrinking. It's just basic. I have a bad feeling that the people who really hold the power don't care or don't really get that either, in a lot of ways. But um, anyways, I want to end the show on a good note, not a depressing note. Uh, to say something fun. Um, go Dolphins. <laughs> I think it's like seven weeks or something. Yeah, man. It's coming. It's coming fast. I think, uh, what, in August, right? First week of yeah. August, start reporting. Yeah. Rookies in a couple weeks. 
maybe this year I'll, I'll put more of a concerted effort into DFS than I did last year. I kind of was experimenting. It's tough, man. Injuries are so difficult in fantasy football. In-game injuries. Those are the worst. That's what I mean. It's it's uh, it's it's difficult to uh, to play because you know if your top draft guys get get hurt. I, I drafted McCaffrey a couple of years ago. Oh man, he's a dual purpose threat. Yeah, he was a dual purpose threat for like for what two games? Yeah, <laughs> he's done. Yeah, his his glass knee didn't uh, didn't break. Which means our uh, fantasy basketball league is the feelers were out there. Well, they they got to sort out who's playing where. <laughs> first <laughs> nobody knows now there was this crazy rumor that that the knicks were going to trade for russell westbrook if if they got donovan mitchell what which, which, who said that yeah that that seems strange that's a stretch strange it would be very strange i guess maybe they'd be trading julius randall back to the Back to the Lakers. I, I don't know. I mean, they the just money, people just want to throw the money has to work, and Russell Westbrook makes $44 million right. a year. So the Knicks that don't makes... have that many guys that make big money. I don't know. I think people just want to say names just to say them. Uh, I, that's, that's true, too. Listen, how many big trades did, did we hear about beforehand? Maybe 5%. It always comes out of the blue, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, we didn't even have any idea this happened." Well, one thing you can always count on is the Celtics uh, throwing out some craziness and not never following through. Always, I, the Celtics are done, man. They 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 made their trade. I think uh, I think they're I think they're good. I don't. Yeah, they gonna... they shouldn't have a desire to make yeah. any moves at this point. No, no, they're they look like they're they're pretty formidable. But again, it's like everything else. Injuries are such a big factor, and that's something you just can't predict. So, so anyways, we'll be uh, we'll be back next week, back and better than ever. Um, Blogs yes. in ocean, twenty-five places in uh, Saratoga. I yeah. mean, twenty-five this... things to do, and all of them will be legal. There will be no illegal activities that are be reported because we don't want anyone to get in trouble. Right. You know, I mean, you know, our guy isn't the police chief anymore. <laughs> he retired, so <laughs> <laughs> we got to tread tread a little lightly there. Gotta go easy. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have John Catone get us off anymore because he retired. And what did he do? He moved right to Florida. Of course. So, yeah, we got to come up with some... Uh, I, I got a little bit of a plan. A little bit of a plan mapped out for your visit. But uh, we're, we're still kind of formulating things. Got to see who's going to be there that weekend. All weekend right. of what, the 11th, 12th? The 11th, 12th, and 13th? Yep. Um, 
Leave it on the fourteenth. See, uh, see who's who's going to be in town, who's not going to be in town, and um, and then we'll go from there. That's what's up. I'm ready. All right, man. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, if you have any feedback, going in circles podcast at Gmail or at Cannon Shell or at the Urban Handicapper or um, Facebook. But Facebook is, a, is it's the Wild West over there. Man, this is. I saw the Jockey World, which is actually one of the biggest. Um, yeah, one of the big groups. horse race groups group. with a, with a lot of maniacs. Uh, Frank, <laughs> That's Frankie, why you know the former jockey Frankie Lovato shut it down today because he shut it down. Yeah, it's temporarily shut down because people using pics without photographers' um, uh, permission and and people talking about other people personal lives and a little oh, bit wow i didn't manner. know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that went right off the t- but if you're on horse racing twitter and you're not on horse racing facebook believe me stay where you're at seems like a totally different crowds though like <laughs> every once in a while i wade in and just like try to snipe off a couple people like to say something ludicrous and then just like jump back out <laughs> Don't at me. Yeah, it's uh, some of this conspiracy theories. Whew. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a different world over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it, raising Twitter is not is actually not the worst. There it's is not the, it's not the basement of this uh, of this uh, of this house. <laughs> Some days you feel like you're walking down the stairs into the basement of the house, but you're not quite there. Facebook racing is just awful. Brutal. Awful. And I found some Facebook racing uh, in the UK. The UK groups, they're really bad. Oh, they're really bad. I know, even, even UK horse racing Twitter is pretty vicious. No, those guys are... Oof. They take no prisoners. Crazy world. Uh, whoever thought we'd be talking to people on at the track on a cell phone, like <laughs> people who are on the other side of the world, and we can comment on things and watch. I mean, it's just nuts when you think about it. When you think about where we were when we were kids, where we started, when they used to lock up the phone banks at the track because they're afraid people were calling the bookmakers. <laughs> to the point now, and and you know, you you would go to the track and there'd be one track. <laughs> <laughs> the one you were at, that was it. It's uh, yeah, it's come a long way. Yeah. Sure has. <laughs> All right, my fan. Uh, we'll talk to you later. And uh, everybody out there, check out the blog. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. 
your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out.